Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. is about to get served. It's Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. It's Tuesday. It's already December 15th, 2015, folks. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner, and so is the end of this year. Where did it go, Amo? Where did it all go? Where did Amo go? Because I got him on air, and I can't hear the guy. Nevertheless, uh, I guess we'll fix that. He'll hang up and call back in, but I'm here. And uh, we're rocking and moving along. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan, are you just numb at this point? Are you just uh, taking it all in stride? Were you expecting to lose last night? I was there in attendance. And uh, let me see if I can get Amo back on. Amo, you with me here? Am I with you now? All right. He's there. Okay. We almost had like a, what is that, a a Nextel commercial? Can you hear me now? Don't blame me. Blame Blog Talk. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we'll yeah, blame no, everything on Blog Talk here, as you as you uh, regular listeners know. If anything happens, uh, we'll just blame it on Blog Talk Radio. Seems like the thing to do. But Emil, I was asking if Miami Dolphins fans are uh, pretty much numb at this point. Are you just expecting a loss on uh, Sunday or Monday or whatever day it is? Uh, I, I know the numb feeling this year. I, I can relate to a Dolphin fan. I have that numb feeling every Sunday myself. So I think they're numb. Yeah, they're numb. You get numb after yeah, a while. Got, got to be numb. Got to be numb at this point. Uh, last night I'm there in attendance, so I'm you know I'm seeing seeing just about everything. And uh, first of all, I just do want to say this: they were honoring the top 50 players in uh, franchise history because this is the 50th year of the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I just came to realize something. Um, there were a lot of very old players being honored. And what's that tell you, Amol? It's been a while since the Miami Dolphins uh, were good, okay? I'm talking you guys in canes and needing uh, wheelchairs and probably not using them just to, you know, not give that appearance last night, but good grief. Um, the Dolphins were great back in the days, no doubt about it. 70s and 80s, great football teams. Um, and it was great to see some of those players, including including Dan Marino uh, and Don Shula, who made an appearance in, in a golf cart, um, still holding tight at. Uh, I mean, he must be approaching 90 if he's not there yet. So it was it was good to see that. What wasn't good is how the Dolphins decided to play last night. I don't know where they're going to go with Ryan Tannehill. Where where do you go with Ryan Tannehill? You have to ask that question because you know what, the Giants are not a good defensive ball club this season. I mean, they just if you if you if you look, I think they're thirty first in the league or something like that. I mean, they're just not a, a very good club, and yet somehow in the second half managed to figure out a way to basically shut the Dolphins down. I mean, that ha- you know first half the Dolphins did okay, but you know when the game was on the line, they shut them down. 
Yeah, uh, pretty much. Just open throws being missed. You really get to see that when you when you're attending the game uh, live. Um, you know the open throws that are missed. He's moving out of the pocket, which he's supposed to be an athletic quarterback. So you know that should be to his advantage. You know, evade a rush, get into some open space, and uh, be able to deliver the football downfield to open receivers and routinely overthrow them, not even giving them a chance to to catch the football. Um, you know, I'm on record as saying uh, I, I didn't agree with this pick when the Dolphins made it, so it's not like I'm Monday morning quarterbacking on it. It wasn't that I, I disagreed with them, you know, drafting Ryan Tannehill. It's just that given he only had been playing the position for a year and a half, he shouldn't be your number 10 pick overall, which is what he was. Yeah, you can't use a, a top 10 pick on him. And, you know, what was troubling last night against, like I said, a bad giant defense is, the guy is is getting 5.8 yards per pass attempt. I mean, he threw the ball 41 times for 236 yards. Um, you know, basically dink and dunk stuff for the most part. Uh, and then on the on the flip side, you know, the Dolphins. Did they, by the way, were they playing with 10 on defense last night? I mean, I'm looking at Eli Manning. I, I knew he was having a good game as I watched it, but 27 of 31 for 337 yards. I mean, was there only 10 guys uh, on the yeah, field? Yeah, he hit. He hit what he wanted, and the big play, the 84-yarder to uh, Odell Beckham was really, you know, really had me scratching my head. Uh, and you ask yourself, how is the top receiver for the New York Giants that wide open? You know, you often hear people say that. You'll hear the broadcasters say it. You'll hear fans say it. You know, not every down is man-to-man in, in the NFL. And on this particular play, it was, you know, zone coverage. Uh, Beckham ran a slanting up and got the safety to bite. But the cornerback, who should be, you know, your biggest threat is going to be this guy, should have been playing over the top in this particular coverage, and he was nowhere to be found, took himself to the sidelines. And, uh, man, you just can't be more wide open than he was on that play. And once he caught it, you knew it was, you know, over with. Nothing nothing left but a trip to the end zone unless he tripped over himself, which, am you know, crazy, Odell Beckham's Am I crazy doing. if I say that Beckham, in my opinion, from what I've seen so far, and obviously this might change next year, things change, but right now I'd have to say Beckham and, and the kid from the Steelers-Brown are the two best receivers in the league. Agree or disagree? Uh, I don't know. You know, although he's hit a rough patch and the team's hit a rough patch, Julio Jones is something hard to deal with, and so is A.J. Green. That's always a tough thing to uh, to, to answer is. every year. There are a number of good ones. But those I mean, last two, year you would have said last year you would have put Des Bryant in there, and now, you know, you watch him the other day, it's, it looks like he forgot how to catch a football or something. I don't know. Sure. You know, different things happen each year. And and, and the way the, the league is right now with it being so uh, pass-happy-ish, um, and there's so many great athletes at that position. You could ask that question for the. You could ask for the top two guys every year and get two different names. So far this year, uh, you would be right in probably saying those two guys. But uh, Odell put on a show last night, put up numbers, scored touchdowns, and it seems like he does every week. So he didn't disappoint the half of the stadium that were Giant fans last night. Giant fans were out in full force. If you had your back turned to the action. Um, you heard the crowd roar. You you didn't really know what was going on. You weren't sure if it was a dolphin. Well, why would that um, surprise you? If you're in South Florida, I mean, first of all, you know, half of South Florida is from New York and New Jersey. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's their home yeah, team yeah. when the Giants came to town. I mean, that's their home team. Sure, sure. Well there, well, there you go. So they were there in full force, full New York accents, and uh, full-fledged, 
Uh, braggadocio after uh, after the victory, as you can well imagine, um, you know, escorting you know Dolphin fans out of the stadium and serenading them uh, as you get in any NFL stadium, but uh, especially last night because there were so many Giant fans in attendance to the football game. So I don't know what you do with the Miami Dolphins franchise uh, a night like last night for folks who are you know older and can remember those days. It's really tough. That's a tough thing to watch. You're seeing the legends. Uh, come out on the field and being honored. Those were the guys that made you have the great moments as a Miami Dolphin fan. I'm not, you know, I've never really been a big Miami Dolphin fan, but I could at least put myself in those shoes and think for the Dolphin fans to see Duper and Clayton and Marino and Don Shula and Mercury Morris and Larry Zonka just makes you harken back to the days when, you know, you went to the stadium and got great moments and games were meaningful this time of year. That's all gone. I don't know what they do right now at that with that franchise. Well, there's no there's no feeling, and you know, and I can relate in pro sports more so than anything. Um, you know, well, here I'll use myself. There's no, I'm a fan. There's no no feeling worse when you're a pro sports fan than believing your team doesn't have a, a you know a leader or a rudder. You know what I'm saying? Like right. for the Dolphins, I feel like they they're a lot like. I mean, I feel they're paying the fans because that's kind of how I feel as a Cowboy fan. At least I've been treated to some decent, you know, in the last 10 years they've had some really good seasons, which the Dolphin fans haven't. But by and large, I feel a lot like a Dolphin fan in that it doesn't really matter what's happening on the field. I just feel like until, in my case, Jerry Jones steps away from the Cowboys, they really won't have a clue because he is the problem. And I kind of feel like the Dolphins are in that boat, but not with as high profile of an owner, but just that they don't have anyone leading the football operation that you feel confident can fix it. And conversely, I feel like my baseball team, the Dodgers, are in competent hands, so I really don't worry too much. You know, I feel like these guys know what they're doing. Uh, you know, the, the, the guy came over from Tampa, Friedman. He's cutting edge. You, you, you're familiar with mm-hmm. him. And I just feel like, okay, yeah. Do what you do. I don't know more than you about putting together a roster. I'll take your word that you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's kind of like sure. a better feeling. As and I think you're, I know you're a big Yankee fan. You're probably starting to feel a little bit more like that with your baseball team. That like maybe they do have a clue anymore. I know years ago you didn't. For a period of time you were kind of like, these guys are lost, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, you know, that typically happens uh, with a lot of franchises. After you've had a period of prosperity, you're trying to hang on to uh, your audience, and so you find it difficult to go back to grabbing no names from a farm league. It's easy to do that when you're not winning. Um, You're not trying to keep people in the seats. You're just trying to build a winner. And, you know, after the Yankees had their run through the mid to late 90s into the early 2000s, um, now you're just trying to hang on to uh, your greatness, and so you just start picking up free agents. Um, you can't, you don't feel it right to go pull someone out of the farm system um, and pull up a no name and stick them at third base because you know fans are packing it in there and they they want to see a superstar there, and that eventually tanks your you know your whole your whole program. And uh, I think that's where the the Yankees were, and they may be at this. But point now you feel as a fan, my, answer my question. You do feel that they are coming back to where you feel like, hey, I don't. Yeah, they're trying to build they a roster. Know what they're, they're trying to build a yeah, roster. Yeah, they kind of yeah. know what they're doing, right? And that's how I feel about my baseball team. I don't feel like that about my football team. And I so I feel the way. I understand how a Dolphin fan might feel because I, I think when you, the, the, look at the Dolphins, okay, every year they they go into free agency. Okay, we've talked mm-hmm. about that at length on this show. The only mm-hmm. sport where I might be able to say free agency can work for you is the NBA because the way the NBA sure. is structured, one man can you take can over. grab one guy, 
and, and if he happens to be LeBron or a guy of mm-hmm. his ilk, and somehow a yeah. team can't pay him you're or won't playoffs. pay him, you're in the playoffs and maybe even winning a championship or competing for sure. it. In football and baseball, the bigger sports, and hockey I'm not familiar with, but I know it's, it works the same way. It's more than one player. It's a lot more than that. So the roadmap's out there. One guy mm-hmm. is usually a formula to blow up your, your your payroll structure and lose. You know, and you and I were chatting before the show. I was sending you some stuff. Chad and I follow baseball. That's free agency right now. Football will be coming up in a few months. Every year the same thing happens. The pitchers hit the market. So far this season, $1 billion, $1 billion with a B, has been spent on free agent pitchers. And I guarantee you there's more unhappy teams than unhappy pitchers a year or two from now because – yeah. They never work. These things never work. They, they, by and large, they don't work. Let's put it this way: if true. ten of them want to work. Yeah, this is true. Uh, I mean, and in baseball, if you can somehow uh, put together two or three guys in free agency, um, uh, you can you can do something. Um, but still, even there, you got to build your roster from, it from the bottom. Depends when you're getting guys. It's just like football. Whoever wins the off season in sports usually loses. And let, again, let's exclude the NBA. Football this year, the Eagles, you know, they signed everybody and their their brother. They got DeMarco Murray. They got Maxwell. You know what? They may win their division, but they're not a good football team. They're 6-7. and seven. They're tied for first with two other bad teams, okay? Um, baseball last year, the Marlins down there, the, the Padres, they were the two big winners. Oh, man, they dominated the offseason. How did it work out for mm-hmm. them? No. No, it didn't it didn't work out is exactly what happened there. So, um yeah, you know that that's that's definitely the deal. You got to build you got to build your roster. Um you know, even in even in basketball, but like you said, there's five guys on the court. You can you can take over with uh with one guy. That's that's definitely for sure. We got to wrap up our weekend another miserable one for us in the NFL, but uh we must wrap it. Um of course, because that's what we do here. Successful okay. or not, we wrap up our weekend. So we do. Let's just we talk wrap about up. what you and I did. The stink that we put out here uh, on on I'll for lay my st- game. I'll lay my stink out first. I was one and two. I started last Thursday night with the Arizona Cardinals, and for a while there, I felt I felt like I was in good shape. And then they just in the third, late third and fourth quarter, the Vikings turned that into a game, and it probably should have went overtime. I mean, if the Vikings just trotted their field goal kicker on there, he was well within range. I took a loss there, mm-hmm. minus 10, so that was a loser. Uh, the Bengals, uh, they lost Sunday. I'm not sure it would have mattered if Andy Dalton played. Uh, they just looked like uh, they remembered they were the Bengals at the wrong time. And they Cincinnati they failed to meet, they failed to meet um, the intensity of the Pittsburgh Steelers on the field. Now, they had all types of intensity pregame. Uh, sure. You know, they wanted to mix it up with the with the Steelers pregame, but once the whistle blew, they were they didn't seem like they were a match for the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, no, no. So I, I took a loss there. That was bad. And finally, my winner. And like we said pre-show when you were, we were chatting, I should have known this was a winner because when I gave it out, you were like, "I'm not sure about that." And I think you said it at the time. You said that means it's a good pick. Well, sure enough, I took Carolina, and they just absolutely drilled the Atlanta Falcons, who have gone home for the. the uh, they're officially golfing, and it's and there's three weeks left. The Falcons are. Done. Yeah, that thing turned um, around really, really bad, uh, really, really fast. And you know, uh, I'm sure Sap will remind you about that because he did. I'm he sure you will too. So I was, coming. I was one and two, dropping my NFL record to sixteen and twenty-four. Ouch! <laughs> Thank the Lord for the college football this year. All right. Well, I went yes. with the Tampa Bay Bucks, 
and uh, they surely disappointed me. I expected a whole lot more out of those guys than uh, what they actually came up with. Um, you ca- you got to beat the New Orleans Saints at home. You got to beat the Saints when they're ro- when they're on the road. You got to beat the Saints when they're on grass. And, and you know the uh, Bucks did none of that. Uh, couldn't make the plays that they needed, and uh, defense didn't really show up in that contest. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals we already talked about. It was a NFL playoff atmosphere type, and they didn't show up. That should be scary to their fans. Should be scary to uh, Marvin Lewis. Looks like they uh, might be tapping out early out of this uh, NFL postseason. I uh, hope I'm wrong on that because I do like Marvin Lewis and do want to eventually see him make some, make his way through, at least get to a Super Bowl at some point. And then uh, the Oakland Raiders, who uh, looked like they were well on their way to, to, to giving me a, a third loss here. It was 12 nothing at halftime. They couldn't get anything going. And then I don't know what happened. They came alive and the Broncos went to sleep. Both of those things happened at the same time. I'll say this. You got Brock Osweiler. He's played well. Uh, Brock Osweiler should not be throwing the ball 51 times in a football game. If he does, I guarantee you, you're taking an L. 51 attempts, no touchdowns, uh, a bunch of field goals. And it was was a classic case in the first half. They let a bad team hang around. They had four drives Mm -hmm. down there uh, where where you just said it. They kicked four field goals. All of a sudden, at the end of the half, the Raiders toss up a touchdown in what was a game that really the Broncos, for the first two quarters, were dominant. They're 12-7 at half, and the Raiders are going in there thinking, hey, we can win this game. And sure enough, some some odd things happen. The Raiders get a safety, and before you know it, the Raiders the Raiders beat you. Yep, Raiders came into this thing, got a win, and now uh, you know the Broncos need to figure out what they're going to do and have teams caught up with uh, Osweiler now that he's on uh, film. So what do they do? We'll, uh, we'll have to ask our uh, esteemed – Every Tuesday, guest about that. That's one of the things that we have on the table. And as always on Tuesday, we like to welcome NFL Hall of Famer Warren Sapp to the show because uh, who's, who else is going to give it to you straighter than this guy? Sapp, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning, fellas. Hey, Warren. How are you? Hey, Emil. Uh, that's a horrible record, brother. 1624. It's good. Chad, well, you want to know what Chad is? Oh, well, go ahead. Throw mine out there. Oh, even he's worse. Fifteen and twenty-four. Even worse. He's, 15, you're, you're, he's yeah, one he's game worse. underneath you. I got it. He's weird. I got a push yeah, in there worse. somewhere, don't I? Got a couple. Pushes. I used to be good at this. And I used to be good at this NFL thing. Now it's just me and college getting it done. You know what I mean? I'm. I might. I might have my wife pick the games next week. I think. Wait, Sap has some big news this week. I was reading you were. Uh, you're going to coach in the East-West Shrine game. I see. Yeah, they called me up and asked me to grab the defensive line, and I told them, why not? Let me see if I can go dispense a little knowledge on these young fellas and get them around the corner and on their way to the quarterback. Hey, I got a quick question for you, Sap. If you were if if you were asked to coach, what other position outside a defensive line would you say would be the mo- you'd be the most comfortable coaching? Tight end. Tight ends, you could do that. Yeah, you could that's, do what, that that's what got me to the University of Miami. I was an honorable mention All-American at tight end, and I bet you if you ask the triangle, that would be Darren Smith, Michael Barrow, and Jesse Armstead, and and uh, Hurley Brown, Charles Farm, mm-hmm. whose birthday is it? They have mm-hmm. a birthday, Charles Farm, and um, Chuck, Chuck with the B. Yeah, Chuck, you know it, and go to Darrell Williams. They tell you I can play tight end. <laughs> Well, you know, this happened. This happened before I got there. I came. I came there a semester after. You heard the stories. You heard the stories. I know. How soon did they move you from tight end to defensive line? Bob Carmelowitz came over to me about four or five, week four or five, and he said, "Son, 
I know what defensive tackles look like, and you are a defensive tackle. And I said, what? <laughs> I'm watching you every day run through this defense and go up and down the field, catch balls. Come down here with me. And I'm like, what? He's like, name me one 300-pound tight end. I'm like, Eric Green. He's like, he, he's digging his grave with a fork. I said, okay, uh, I'll come down and give it a try. <laughs> Oh, I got to use that one. He's digging his grave with a fork. He's digging I like his grave that. with a fork. I was like, are you kidding me? What did that just say about somebody? It was unbelievable. But he got the point home. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, there you go. There you go. Amal, I'll, 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 I'll Have you ever done you. anything like this before? Have you ever coached in, like, one of these games before? No. No, no. I'm, stick, I'm sticking my foot into the coaching uh, pool and see if I get sucked in. Okay. Oh, you're going to get cool. sucked in. I, I, See, everybody happen. that knows me keeps saying that. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm telling you, you're going to get sucked everybody in. Everybody that knows me I got, keeps saying that. I mean, Brooke, when I told I got, Brooke, Brooke I got me, sucked said, in. are you ready? I said, ready for what? He said, you about to be a coach. I was like, what? I was like, I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to see. Because you know me, I go with everything with 110%. So, listen, I, yep. I'm, I, will, I will be writing on the board like Rod Marinelli in a mad, mad scientist way. And if you take the formula, I guarantee you'll get you some sacks. <laughs> Consider yourself sucked, man. You're a full fledged oh, coach. I think you have the personality for college coaching. I just think I, th- I think I think the kids that really like playing for you in college, you might get sucked in. Thank you. Yeah, I think you do. Hey, let me ask you a question. When we're talking about coaching. If you were the coach right now, I'm, be, I'm serious here. I need a serious answer of the Denver Broncos. What would you do with what's happening at quarterback? Because they seem to have a little bit of a I don't want to say a mess, but it, it seems like a mess. A because, yeah, yeah. What do they do? Uh, I go with Brock Osweiler, but there's no way I let him throw the ball 51 times. I mean, I got no I to I, I get me some running backs and some running game and find an offensive line because I love Khalil Mack from Fort Pierce, Florida. But he, I mean, jeez, he was going just going five straight sacks, was it? Five. Was that five? five. Yeah, he had five. Jesus, Lord. And he was equally dispensing this booty whooping up and down the line. I mean, it wasn't one guy he was just <laughs> on and, you know, he yeah. was switching sides. I mean, he was he was dispensing this butt whooping all day long up and down the line. I'm like, my God, that is just a Yeah, you don't street. see that you, every day. You're not, you're NGE right now, and I'm going through you. That's, that's basically what he did on three of the sacks. I mean, just went through the guy. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. If he played against that, if he played against that team every for 16 games, he'd be in the Hall of Fame after one season because it was, nah, it was too we, easy. we actually we'd actually do a little bit more consistency. I mean, we understand that there's a you get lucky, a little fluke. Sometimes it happens. You know, light shines on a dog's rump at least once a day. <laughs> <laughs> so you're sticking wow. with Osweiler. Basically, you're gonna you're I, gonna I'm say going Peyton. Osweiler because I know Peyton Manning isn't healthy. Right. And when you got a non-healthy Peyton Manning. That really puts your team in, in jeopardy. And now he throws the ball to Samuel uh, Sanders or whoever the fast guy is out there, number ten, and he go to wild and out and giving the faces and the, and, the, and the gestures. Trust me, it's not good. You don't want that. Go with Brock and, and find yourself a better game plan because him throwing the ball fifty-one times is not going to get it done. Now, did you torture yourself at all on Sunday and watch our our mutual team, the Cowboys, play, or did you just say, "I can't do that"? What? You, Did you watch it? What? There's no way I'm finna listen to them talk about that stank ass ice bowl and all of that and the Green Bay Mystique <laughs> and I don't have a quarterback to fight with? No. <laughs> no way. There's no way. And then Aaron Rodgers around there. I tortured Rusty, myself. Rusty, Rusty, has a, Rusty has a 10-year-old nail that's been outside in the rain. I mean, just I don't, I don't want to uh, mm. look at that. Uh-uh. No. 
there was points in that game I was praying that you were coming off the sideline to not cap a lot of the game, okay? Because I swear to God, I was watching. That oh guy my that God! I mean, oh, I, Lord. I, you know what? I'm gonna tell you like this, Emma. I did the one thing that most, you know, football players would would never admit to. I listened to it on XFM radio as I drove home <laughs> from the Buck game. So I'm li- I, I just watched the Bucks. I mean, just absolutely laying egg. Laying uh, egg. I was disappointed. To, oh, really it was a disappointing to look at it. I, I was like. Come on, fellas. I mean, the, the, I mean, Jameis couldn't get nothing going. The defense didn't even think about showing up. I mean, they running pick routes and oh god. That surprised me. I, I expected Kansas City to really take it to them. I went, I went to go see it because you know I won the world championship and lost to the Saints twice. I hate the Saints, and that's a strong right. word. That's a very strong. Word. <laughs> I hate them, but I hate them. <laughs> right. You want to I love Drew and I love Drew Brees, but I hate the Saints. Right. You got to beat the Saints on grass, man. You got to beat the Saints on grass. And you got to take them when they the last four games, their quarterback has thrown five picks and been sacked ten times. Let's go. I mean, it's a feeding frenzy. So you're yeah. already frustrated. You're leaving the, oh, the stadium. Oh, I'm driving up out of Tampa. I got a nice three-hour drive back to, day, you know, back to Broward County. So I get on the second escape, perfect escape route in Florida, I-75. It begins the, you know, southward <laughs> journey. And I turn the Cowboy game on, and I'm listening to it, and, <sighs> it's painful, yeah, isn't man. it? Oh, it's even worse painful than when you can't see it. You know what I'm saying? When you're trying to picture it, and you're like, I can see this idiot now. You know, you know what I'm saying? Ah, it's bad. Well, hey, it starts off well, Sap. McFadden goes for a big run down to the three-yard line. Always I'm sitting in my living room, well. turning Always to anyone. Always starts out well. And then we go to the one thing that, that shouldn't happen, the Green Bay Packers running the ball on us. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, well, he was running the hell out of it. How about the play selection? I bought the NFL for that because they can't practice anymore. They can't, they can't have that good, nice get-down Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? A good workday Wednesday where you get to put your big boy pads on you. And you go out there and you bang a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You hit a little bit and you get your, you get your blood flowing. You know, you get ready for a good game up in the cold. But let me yeah. ask you, how about, the, how about the play selection? The Cowboys are running the ball. They don't have a three-yard line to start the game, and they throw two passes. Don't ever start this. Brian Billick started this one-yard pass a long time ago with the Minnesota Vikings, and all offensive coordinators have gotten greedy with it. Everybody wants to throw a fade. Everybody wants to throw a little rinky-dink dunk jump pass or something stupid. Just put the damn ball in the running back's hand and be a man about this. And if you can't get in, kick the field goal and let's go. Right. Take the lead. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, switching gears on you a little bit. University of Miami, your your favorite team. Mm-hmm. They have a bowl game coming up. I, I believe it was against Washington. Listen, State man, the last Sun Bowl I seen was not pretty. Are you going to watch that? Out, we look, we look cold. Oh, of course I'm gonna turn it on. I got okay, to. Okay, good. I got to. Good. I you, give you, see the I give we'll, we'll you a quarter. I give together. you a We'll be live yeah. tweeting together. We'll be live tweeting. Together. I give you a quarter and a half watching that. Quarter and a half, chat. That's it. A quarter and a half. That's big. That's big. That's big. That's over That's 15 minutes. That's big. <laughs> well, Chad and I, Chad and I were doing a show the last time. The last time my team went to a Sun Bowl a couple of years ago, they didn't show up for the dinner, and it, it went downhill from there. Oh, the you didn't see the U.S. last Sun Bowl. The U.S.C. went to the, the Sun la- Bowl. That's three the last years time ago. we were having a coaching change. How ironic. Listen. Yes. You seen U.M.'s last Sun Bowl when they walked out holding hands and looked cold? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Hey, let me yeah. tell you this about the Sun Bowl. The Sun Bowl is unkind to marquee teams that go to it. It's like a consolation prize. It's a game you don't feel like playing if you're USC, if you're Texas, I if you're Miami, if you're Florida State. I can't imagine any reason on God's green earth that I would put myself in El Paso, Texas. Nothing, nothing no. wrong with El Paso, Texas. But I just, I mean, I know Clem Haskins and the, you know, the the, the Texas Western did a wonderful thing with the with the with the Fire Guys and beat Kentucky. I understand that. That if they had a statue of them, that might be the only thing. I or rock about Mount Rushmore of them up there somewhere. That might be the only thing I go see. But what? Hey, hey Mo Sapp and I obviously we played on we played on good UM teams. Uh, I think yeah, our team I going to El Paso, whoa, whoa, whoa. we would have got cleaned I, I did, up. I did, we we wouldn't have won. Two orange, a sugar, and a fiesta. I don't know anything about these wild Pio Pontesta, we, we, the pool, and the we eat a bowl. I don't know anything about that. I don't know nothing about these. We wouldn't have won. I, I, know, I know they come on around Christmas time and stuff, but I don't know anything else about them. Yeah, you know uh, you like you to agree, watch them because you love We wouldn't have won a Sun Bowl. No. We didn't win a fiesta. <laughs> you get us anywhere out west, it gets ugly. It got fast. Yeah, no. I I I I lost a sugar, a fiesta, and orange. That was my grand prize hey, in my hey, three hey, years hey. there. So. Let's not break up my heartaches with me, man. Come on, man. You're yeah. gonna do that to me. Sap got on. a Sap Sap got a ring and an orange bowl win out of it. Uh, Wait, I remember the one me. game. Was the fiesta game against Arizona? Yeah, twenty nine nothing. Let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah, yeah Chad, I remember that needs, one. <laughs> needs to stay in the trash heap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys didn't Ch- want to play Ch- that game. That didn't work out well. No, no talk about what you don't know nothing about, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna chime in for you. If you were around us on Tuesday and went to <laughs> Vegas, uh, you could have made a mint. You knew by Tuesday we weren't going to come close to winning that football game. No one was into it. So I can imagine us going to a Sun Bowl. Uh, well, I tell you what, I turn, the tape, turn the tape on and watch number 76 play. I bet he was into it. I don't know about you, number yeah, nine, well, you but know, I know what 76 was. Speak for yourself, boy. Don't don't, don't say what everybody why, that's why you played in. The, that's don't, why don't, you don't played speak, in the league for, hey, for listen, a good hey, No, that's why I have a gold jacket in my back closet. That's what this is that about. Too. I mean, there, there that was too. a standard that I was going to play to every time, and I didn't give a damn who wasn't going to meet me there. I was going to be there. Period. So I need to go back. You, you know what? Now about, I need to go back and watch that when you and speak ask about myself when you didn't who didn't want to play. play and who didn't play and who wasn't playing. Because I'll, I'll put my tape on any time of the week and, and we sit and watch. I was working that game. I was that, surrounded that by was some men who wasn't working, who had a had, had way too many drinks that week. Yeah, no doubt about it. I know that for a fact. <laughs> was Let me to, ask you: is, to Do guys early. get excited? Oh, do guys get excited when they when a bowl game is announced? Do guys get excited where it's going to be? Does that matter? I mean, do they care about the venue? Like, oh boy, we're going to go to pick the spot. You know. I All mean, right. Just I mean, just just think for a second, Emil. You at a a beautiful university, let's say uh, Core Gables. And they tell you they're going to see you to El Paso, Texas. And what, what's the forecast out there? <laughs> 30 no, 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 degrees. No no, 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 no. I want you to go to your Yelp, your, your, your uh, Traveler, uh, what's that thing called, what's that thing, uh, book, book, uh, Booking.com. Go, go yeah. and see what they give mm. you for El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> they give you money to go. <laughs> There's nine bowl games in Orlando. We couldn't get one. I mean, nobody wants to travel up uh, the Ronald Reagan Expressway and go support the university with the new coach and everything. I mean, support the kids. I mean, we can't get why a game think, in Orlando. They, they got they nine bowl games that are being played ball. in Orlando, Florida. We can't get one of those. Well, I agree with you. I mean, I don't understand. We got to go to El Paso, Texas? Well, and you're not going to bring any Miami fans. That's what confuses me. The Bulls are supposed to be about making money. Because I can't see any Washington fans running down to El Paso, Texas either. No, I agree. I don't. Does anybody go there? 
Chappelle. Now, now, tell me you got Washington fans that don't want to come to Orlando, Florida, where we got everything up there and the universe. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, now that sounds appealing. I, I yeah. want to know who, who's the bowl com- committee that keeps putting the L pass. Put a Texas team over there, play, faces New Mexico or one of them teams. Let, that, that's a quick drive. They can have a good time. Well, Sap, you're a business guy. You, you have a great mind for the way this stuff works. I mean, you know and I know the bowl games. Are, we have 40 bowl games. This is about That's filling teams. I got it. Yes, <laughs> filling TV time, okay? Years ago when ESPN and all these others, Fox Sports, and they all had their own channels now, okay, they need product to put on TV during the holidays. They don't care if 10,000 people show up at the games because it'll be on TV. That's all they care about. They need product. They need something to put on the TV channel. That's okay. what it's about. Well at, least, well, at least put a product on the TV that somebody would watch. <laughs> I agree. Mm. That's I all mean, I say. Because true that. if you got 80 teams to match up and you got all the analytics in the world and all the geeks and nerds sitting up there putting it together, get a team and a nice geographical matchup that, that you can actually have some people support it, and it's still going to be on TV. What's wrong with selling tickets to the game? I, 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 never, I never understood that. I, that's why I always thought that, you know, I'm, I'm a country bumpkin from up in Apopka, Florida. You know, we pack up the buses and the Jeeps and everything, and we, we, we get it. You know, if it's within 150 miles, 300 miles, we going. Right, you're going. Right, so I that's what it. you do. You don't put a team in the Gulf of Mexico in between the and, and three-fourths of the state of Texas. Good God Almighty. No, you, and the, you know what else is killing the, the season this year? Now that they're at 80 teams, just the math doesn't work. You don't have 80 teams you don't have that are 80 500 teams with, above. With six wins, yeah. It's crazy. Less than six. Nebraska's five and seven. That's they're what I'm telling UCLA. you, but Nebraska travels. I don't have a problem right. with that. I don't have a problem right. with that. Pack up all the corn and mama and the babies and come on <laughs> with it. I mean, Nebraska's fine. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty, <laughs> put Nebraska over there. That's a short drive for them. Why Miami yeah, with eight wins got to go all the way over there to El Paso, Texas? I mean, we won more than the – where's Nebraska going? They went yeah, five and good. seven. No, what bowl game are they going to? Uh, they're playing UCLA. I want to say the farm, some farmer's bowl or something like that. I forget where it's at. I, I don't know if it's in San Diego or – I I'll know. take UCLA and San Diego. I mean, what's wrong with that? that? That's a much better trip than El Paso, Texas for the K. We got eight wins. They got five. How they playing UCLA? Well, I'm right. trying to listen. I'm trying to look and I see agree. what other. What about us in the Bahama Bowl? Maybe anything. That was a sad bowl last year. But the freezing Sun Bowl that will be cold. Yeah. I looked at Maybe that the St. Pete Bowl. Put us in the St. I'm like, what kind of Sun Bowl is this cold? Okay, well, yeah. Warren, they're sending UCLA <laughs> to the to Levi Stadium, home of the San Francisco Forty Niners, to play Nebraska. Hello, <laughs> you got a five-win team. Get to go to a nice bowl, nice NFL stadium, play in a nice, cool environment with a, with, with San Francisco right around the corner from. Come on, man, hey, we get to go to El Paso, Texas. I'm going to write ESPN. I have the scoreboard up, and next to Miami's name, I want a big frown, a big frowny face that we don't want to be here. No, put us in the I mean, can you tell me anything that I mean? Did you look up the trip, trip advisor or something? I mean, for El Paso. What yeah, they give you seventy-five dollars if you'll stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. Oh, I like this man. guy every week. More and more, I like this guy. <laughs> I got it. I'm going to look up this El Paso for us while we're here. Yeah, talking except Warren, about Chad's going to be getting hate mail from the state of Texas about me about this and, week. And, 
No one in El Paso cares. I don't, I don't go by their logo. Don't mess with Texas. I put my foot on Texas <laughs> every chance we get. <laughs> every chance we Your get. Your forecast is currently cloudy and 39 degrees in El Paso, Oh, Texas. just seven degrees above freezing. Thank you very much for the Sun Bowl with no, with a lot of sun and freezing. Wait, I got yeah, I got uh, a better one for you. How about the bowl game they have out at Boise Stadium every year? Chad told me a great story, and, and I don't know if he – I'm sure you shared this with, with Saf at some point, when he played for no, Long Beach. No, he hasn't. He has a beautiful, you know, desk with you. You have to tell all the good stories. I haven't had – we was creating well, our own stories. When, when we he played together, for Long Beach, we they, went out, to, we they went out to play Boise, right? Uh-huh, the, uh-huh. the only black guys in the stadium were on the football team at Long Beach. <laughs> yeah. And it, there were a couple of mulattoes on the uh, Wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. playing Matter of fact, stop playing yeah, matter of fact, matter of fact, stop there was a guy the there on the team from Santa Barbara, uh, and the only thing I could do after the game was come up to him and said, what was the girl's name or the drink that got you to come to this place? Because there's just no reason for a brother to be in Boise, just not at all. And mind you, they beat the hell out of us in that game, but I just couldn't for the life of me understood why this guy signed with Boise State. That was then. They're a little different now. but Yeah, they're different now, boy, but we, who wants to play a bowl game in Boise, Boise year, You know that. We went to Boise one year, Miami did. We played in that game, uh, and I believe we lost, by the way. Um, I think that was during the Randy Shannon era. Uh, we did go out to Boise, play on the blue turf, and it wasn't pretty. I wouldn't want to go there for, for yeah, a bowl uh, game. No one That's did. a reward no. for a season? Well, there I mean, you come go. come on, man. Um, so I, I'm not feeling good about things, the prospects uh, for us in this Sun Bowl. I'm just not at all. So there you, there you have it. Not well, making well, an official yeah, pick here, but there I, you go. I second that. Here, here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, don't, I think go. I think you're going to run into a Washington degrees, State team that's excited. A bunch of Florida boys well. in 39 degrees with, with yeah. nothing hey. on the line except what what kind of trophy they give you for a Sun Bowl in the freezing weather? It's going to be a cup. They don't with give you a trophy. They give you a coat if you win. So you go home. Yeah, seventy five dollars for staying. I like <laughs> scarf. It. They give you seventy five dollars to stay there, and the winning team gets a coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Hey, real quick, I, I rarely do this, but uh, I think I think we know this person that is uh, waiting on the line here. Sab may have a may have a question here for us. Hold on. Caller on a Gridiron Stud Show. Straight talk with Warren Sapp. I got a question for Warren Sapp. Now you know he's a hall, hall of. Go ahead, Sapp. See if you could figure out who this is by the voice. But go ahead. Hey, hey, Sapp. I'm here. Listen, I got a question for you. If we put a petition together and try to get you on that bowl game board with Condoleezza Rice, would you go do it if we can get that done? We, we, we need you on that board. We need you on that committee to, to put these teams together and get them in the right bowl game. Sap? Are, are you there, Sap? Uh, you start the position, and if uh, and if you can get me in that position, sure, why not? I will definitely he's, he's dispense to, a little knowledge. I think about he's trying it. to figure. He's. I think he's trying hey, to figure Sam, out who I, this is. Sap should know who I am. I mean, I've been I've been around that guy for ooh, his whole career. His whole career is my boy. But I, I think we ought, Chad. I think we ought to put that position together. Listen, I, you guys, you three, Sap. Chad and the mill, man. You guys are better than, than a lot of the talk show radio shows out there, man. We got to get you guys on TV. 
I think Sapp will go in. I think Sapp will go in that committee and dominate the room. I think, no, I think you get I, you get in the room like that and you and you find out what they know. That's that would be the key. Is sit there and find yeah. out the process in which they're using. And if the process. Can you imagine if he find, Could you imagine if he finds out they don't know anything? They'd have to. Oh, they'd no, end up no, making, no, 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 You can't. Sapp you can't had walk to come in, in on you Skype. Can't, you can't walk in a room full of that, that people with that kind of knowledge and, and, and that kind of years on the earth and say they know nothing, Chad. I mean, but they might know nothing a, about football. I think agendas <laughs> get pushed in that room, but that's just me. I'm not. I'm the not. Reason, I wouldn't the be reason I'd be pushing good games. That's all I'd be pushing. That's that's my agenda. Let's let's put the best matchups together and get this thing together because it, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, come on. The reason. The, that well, the reason. I mean, let think about this. Condoleezza Rice is on the committee. I mean, how much hey, man. football that hey, he hey, Robert, Robert Bailey, Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> there it is. Condoleezza Rice. It. But, you know, he he finally went to talking. He 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 was over there stuttering and, and bibbing and bobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I finally That's got it. Dog. I heard it. That's I heard dog. it. Peter Bailey. The NFL's all-time leading punt return man in the history of the game. A 103-yard punt return back to the house. And it will never be broken because now when the ball goes in the end zone, they blow it dead because dummies didn't know the rule. (laughs) What do I need to do? What do I need to do to be on this show and have as much fun as you guys are having? Hey, you know what? This show is the bomb. (laughs) We try hard here, man. We try hard. We try to please. Man, we love, aim I, to please. I, I, we aim to please, Robert. No doubt about it. Man, and, and for calling man. today, we have a hotel room for you in El Paso, Texas. What? You, can watch your you know what? We're going to send you with $75 so you can have 150 and have a wonderful yes. time at down at the, uh, what do they have down there? <laughs> and if you swing by Sapp's house, we'll have, have a coat found, ready for have you. Have you found our vacation spot in El Paso? We are going. We are going. Have we have to go. We cannot sit here and talk about uh, El Paso. If we find a bunch of good stuff, we gotta go. We gotta go. Let's let's have a contest. Let's guess what the attendance would be, and see who comes the closest. <laughs> they're gonna lie. They're gonna lie. Okay, if they end up with ninety five hundred, there, there's no way they announce that. It's gonna be a fat lie. I promise. That, 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 that's it. They're gonna lie. <laughs> oh my I'm, God, I'm, they're gonna lie. I bet on that. Are they? Or they might put one of the greatest lies you've ever heard in your life. Oh, my goodness. What is wrong with y'all on a tip on Tuesday? I love it. They're going to lie. Stop it. I'm willing to say, I'm willing to say 2,000 wow. people oh, man. will be in attendance. Hold no. on. I'm willing to they, say 2,000 people will be in attendance, and 20% of that would be. They will yeah, announce 47,000. Actually, that might be a good though. guess. That might be a really yeah, good guess other, because, truthfully, other, nobody from Washington is going to El Paso and nobody from Miami is going to El Paso. Exactly. But they will the announce 47,000. I guarantee it. No way. No way. No way. No way. They're going to announce 47,000. I'm taking the Wait a second. Is there 47,000 people that live in El Paso? I got Are you crazy? The Bucks didn't have no that's way. That's the lie you get fed every year for some of these bowl games. No way, Chad. It's either 42 or 47. Not happening. They're gonna lie to you guys. I'm taking, the, I'm taking the unknown the both of those, Chad. I'm taking the unknown both of those. Ain't no way forty thousand yeah. people show up to thirty nine degrees. Oh, I know they're not uh-huh. gonna show up, but that's the uh-huh. lie they're gonna feed you. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Go back and look at that no box way. score on ESPN the day after, and it's gonna say attendance forty seven or forty two. Those are the two lies you tell. You haven't been telling that lie for years. I went to that. I went to the Clemson game, and they hit us with forty seven. Man, get the hell out of here. Didn't happen. Didn't happen at all. <laughs> Someone said that's the number. Thousand at the Clemson game, huh? 
There yeah, wasn't 47 you, and a half, I can tell you that. The decision comes down. Is it going to be the 42 lie or the 47 lie today, fellas? Because we got 9,000 people here. See it every year. Hey, man. go into the game, buy liquor, and then leave and go back to tailgate. No, 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 no. There's no reason to, to go in and buy liquor. You already got to the You got to look in the car, and then you got your uh, your jump or your yoo or whatever, and your sling sling box, and you're sitting there watching yeah. the game outside anyway. So many Remy bottles in the parking lot, okay? There's no reason to go inside and pay $10 for a beer. And most college stadiums don't have beers. UM is just special that, you know, our, our stadium is not on a college campus. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's there right. Because they do serve yeah, beer. That's yeah, right. You don't serve beer. You only serve beer in certain stadiums in college. <laughs> that's why the yeah, orange right. Hey, special. Rob, my man, Rob. Rob, I appreciate you calling in, man, and dropping that nugget on us. Good grief. Hey, man. Uh, hey, man, I'm, I'll be on next Tuesday again with Sal. I'm calling in again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tell him, Rob. Another, uh, hey, appoint, show, appointment show, radio. Listen, yeah, show there you go. Minutes and I was. I was on hold for 58 of the 60 minutes trying to get on. Come on, man. Hey, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah, all right. We like, to do, we like to do you like you they do callers to the Howard Stern Show. Just hang yeah, on. Yeah, long time listener, first time caller, call Howard. Yeah. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Later. No doubt. All right. Thanks, oh, Rob. Man. Hey, man, I'm going to play golf, funny. man. Y'all done really, y'all really done got my morning start up. I crunk up. I love y'all fellas. Emma, uh, you know Atlanta sucks, and I told you. That that was the blue plate special of the week. Somebody called me to my, what's the blue plate special <laughs> of the week? So I say, dirty birds. <laughs> yeah, they have dirty tanked birds unbelievably. Are unbelievable. They are the blue you plate you nailed Atlanta, Sap. You did. You nailed them in September. You said, see, so, see me after Thanksgiving. There's one thing I know is Raymond James North. That's what I call the Georgia Dome. That's my house. That's my old house. We used to go up there with a bunch of people and have a good time, party, kick that booty, and leave out with all the beautiful chicks. Yes, we used to. Before, yes, hey, Atlanta, before Atlanta he was, goes, Atlanta I'm was a, a beautiful before, place. Just go take it over. Before he before he goes, I want to blame Sapp for this one thing. Uh-oh. Yeah, he got me tickets to a Tampa Bay Bucks game one time. And you know, listen, yeah. I'm there to see my my former teammate go play and have have a good time and do his yeah. thing. However, it was the one time in life that I saw uh, had a chance to see Michael Vick play in person as an NFL player. And I'll be damned if Sapp and his friends did not totally ruin that experience. The man looked so average on that day between him and uh, what was your end that you had there? What was the end that just uh, Simeon uh, Rice? Simeon Rice. Rice. Yeah, I mean, God, Michael Vick looked so uh, un-Michael Vickish on that day. I was like, who? Why are they making a big deal about this guy? Look at him with his back dirty. Uh, just laying on the ground every play. It was ridiculous. He got hit a few times. He ruined that moment. We we was Mike Vick's script tonight, but everybody else, he was Superman. That boy, hell. Yeah. Dog, I tell you no lie. One day, that week right there leading up to this game, that was the week, like, the seventh week in a row. And you remember he played the two Carolina games on a Sunday night. He ran that run up in Minnesota, did something crazy in another game. I mean, it was like a five, six-week run. So we sitting there watching the third down reel, and Simeon next to me. And, you know, I don't know if Simeon, you know, he did some cross-dressing or crazy stuff at nighttime. You know, that's my dog. You know? I used to always bother because he'd come in there with some chain links and some, some cuff links and some, some, you know, some leather. I said, dog, what you doing? You stripping at night? He laughed, dog, you know better. I said, okay. But he's sleeping in the meeting. I mean, sleeping. I mean, out. Oh, my Dark goodness. 
soon as the light go off, he's gone. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching this tape. So I tap him and wake him up. I say, yo, dog. He said, oh, what's up, Pimpin? I say, man, you might want to check this out, dog. This, this, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of tape, but I'm going to wake you up for this. I mean, so we we watching. So he watched about three plays in a row, dog. I mean, just highlight plays, 30, 40, 70-yard mm. runs, touchdown, mm. juking, throwing it, doing whatever. Simeon put his hand up. I mean, we're in the dog, right? He put his hand up. Nice. And I, you know, he's six foot six, so his hand almost reaching the roof. So, looking over like, hey, man, Simeon got something you want to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Simeon. That, that's Monty Kiffin in the front of the room. He can't see Simeon back there, but I told him, hey, man, Simeon, hand up. He want to ask something. Hey, Simeon, what you got to say? Simeon said, oh, uh, uh, Monty, is this like a, uh, a highlight tape or something? <laughs> <laughs> this is the third down reel, Chad. This was every third oh, down. I mean, every third down, this dude, I mean, it was unreal. Yeah, <laughs> sleep I mean, the rest of the week. He woke up. He was he was up the rest of the week. He's like, oh, I'm watching this. So that's what it is. Mike Vick yeah. woke us up. <laughs> clearly, I, clearly I wanted you to have I wanted you to have four or five sacks and for y'all to win, but I just wanted to see Mike get loose one or two times just to see no, how that's saw a, that's it. No, that's for that's ESPN. That's not for Raymond James Stadium. No, 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 no. We Good, don't do that. No, it didn't happen. That's why, I tell all, that's why I tell all great defenses, don't be mad when Cam Newton in the end zone dabbing. You had a chance to stop him from Right, you let that happen. Hey, <laughs> thank you, Chad. Yeah, you played on my defense. You know what this is. Hey, man, stop yeah. the man from getting in the end zone. You get the sack. You do the dance. You get the ball back. Yep. Uh, well, I hope we were here. Good luck, man. Uh, keep it on the fairway today, all right? Thank you, fellas. Bye, Sap. Right. Have a good one. Warren Sap, Hall of Famer Warren Sap, uh, giving it to us straight, as he does every Tuesday. We really appreciate him coming on. Uh, man, we only we only ask two or three things, and then Sap just takes it the rest of the way. That's is like he golfing today, by the way? Did he say he's he golfing? Is. He He's going golfing, uh, so he, uh, he he needed to leave us, but... Uh, I don't think he's golfing in El Paso, Texas, right? He's going to be in Florida somewhere golfing and having a good time. So we appreciate you might have to You might have to on. post an apology about El Paso because if we have listeners in El Paso, first of all, you're never going to get another client from that area. This, I mean, there are no radios or computers in El Paso, okay? And, oh, know, boy. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a base. You mean, a base a, you mean Al Gordon sent the Internet to El Paso yet? <laughs> no, it didn't. It skipped those people, all right? Skipped them. They're still using speaking spells. And uh, stuff like that out that way. Sorry, folks out there in Texas, anyone who cares about El Paso. You know, it's funny, though. Uh, we would have, speaking on a little bit of what he was talking about there, we would watch, we played some great games at UM, and we'd have good opponents come in, and you'd see Florida State, and they had Warwick Dunn. And uh, you're, watching, you're, you're watching the games, and Warwick Dunn's getting loose. He's getting busy. He's gashing people for big yards, and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing Marvin Harrison do great things. Uh, in the games when you're going to play Syracuse and so on and so forth. So you're thinking about these things going into the game, and I'll be damned if there weren't uh, shoot most of the time. You get in a game, and all those big plays weren't happening against us, and you just at a certain point like, man, what is this the team we saw on film? Like, what happened here? Uh, and that's when oh, you yeah. hear former Canes from those days say the biggest and best competition was always at practice, so the game days were easy. That's exactly what you're talking about. For everything that you saw on film, the best athletes we saw every time were the ones that were right there in practice. So if you could get used to their speed, their tempo, their skills, uh, getting on the field against another team, 
um, was 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 really gravy. And I know your Cowboys in the in the mid '90s, early to mid '90s, went through that same thing. Your best quarterback, your best running back, your best wide receiver, your best linebacker, safety, all of that was right there in your team. So it was nothing to go out and play against someone else on Sunday. So I, I think you uh, find a that in a lot feeling. of teams that are very successful that the competition from within. I mean, I mean that was always you know the USC mantra with Pete Carroll there. You know, to competition Tuesday. He said, listen, our 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 toughest competition is on Tuesday, not not on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely a luxury to have that. But I do remember going to that game, and yes, I wanted the Bucks to win. Yes, I wanted Sap to have a good game. But I was like, man, I just want to see uh, Michael Vick get loose a couple of times, and and uh, let me see what he's got. Let me see this athlete. You know, when I'm bent over and old, I could say I saw this guy. Uh, he did absolutely nothing. Now, consequently, I did see him in college because I was out of college by then, so they came down in Virginia Tech to play Miami, and it was the same deal against the Miami defense. He did nothing on that day. Matter of fact, I think they hurt him in the game. They rolled him over his ankle, and he, and he was out, I think, in the third quarter or something like that. So the two times in life um, that I've seen Michael Vick, and he's killed a whole bunch of people, he did absolutely nothing in the games that I saw. So, uh, Well, like I mean, I think I think the biggest problem, you know, from, from Vick, and this is a little bit of a captain obvious, I think, is, I always felt like he was a phenomenal athlete playing quarterback who happened to have a rocket for an arm, but once his legs started to go from him, um, you know, he just, it was basically the end. He needed his You know, his for the most part, yeah, for the most part that's true, but I will say this, that those first two years with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, he showed himself to be a quarterback. Uh, I do got to say that. He showed himself to be a Whatever Andy Reid did with him was great. He showed himself to be a quarterback, and once Andy Reid was out of the picture for him, he went back to being um, average from that standpoint. So, um, you know, Andy yeah. Reid knows something. Yeah, he, he, he did well. I think Reid can obviously coach quarterbacks. I mean, I think that helped him, but um, – you know, he he was a great he had player. To have a willing, like not... He had to have a willing uh, uh, a student there, too. So humbled by his life experience, uh, I think Michael Vick became uh, someone open to that kind of coaching because the understanding was prior to that, he really he really wasn't that guy. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't one to really take that kind of coaching all that great. You know, they used to call him a coach killer. Didn't he kill Jim Mora? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean yeah, that, that so, was the rumor. I mean, you know, I mean, but you know, he he was fun to watch. I mean, even at Virginia Tech, I mean, what a what an exciting player. You know, I mean, he really was. But yeah, he didn't do much against teams. You got to remember something too. I mean, you you know this. You guys could run. Mm-hmm. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. You got you know a guy like yeah. him and those Bucks defenses. They could run. That was the thing. Sideline mm-hmm. to sideline. You had guys like Derek Brooks and coming from you know up top. You had Lynch guys that could bring the you know bring the lumber, so to speak. And I think that. Like uh, like Sap said, that's the kryptonite for a guy like Vic. I mean, you guys, they could get after him. Yeah, listen, the Bucks' defense was the Miami defense. Uh, you know, just as as similar as two de- two different defenses could be. Uh, what the Bucks did uh, during their you know prominent years when Sap was on the team was was pretty much what we did at Miami. That's listen. Uh, that's another reason why Sap was so great in the NFL. He he went into a system that was pretty close to what he did. Uh, at Miami, something he excelled in in college, and he also got that in the NFL. So that has a lot to do with people's success in the league. It has, a, you know, obviously has a lot to do with where you go. Uh, you know, he was going to be a great player wherever he went, but uh, he was very, very fortunate to go to Tampa Bay and be in a defense that was just like the one he had at Miami, and that oh, by the way, um, was a successful defense. So uh, that well, has a lot to do with that's it. That's something that that most free agents in football kind of forget about 
football is not uh, basketball or baseball in the sense that, you know, here's the basketball, LeBron. We'll just get out of your way. Go score. You can do that. I know basketball people could call the show and say, you don't know what you're talking about. There's offenses. They, this team runs a triangle. Listen, bottom line, at the end of the game, they tell four guys stand on the other side of the court and get your guy the hell out of the way because we're going to give the ball to LeBron or Kobe and they're going to go one-on-one. Baseball, you know, you're batting third. Okay, I don't, care. I don't care if you're batting third in Yankee Stadium or batting third in Boston. You're still batting third. Now, I do understand certain things can affect that, and it might not work out as well. But what I'm trying to say, football, it really, you got, the system matters. We're seeing that this year. We've talked about it on other shows with a guy like DeMarco Murray. He just doesn't fit that system, and he looks terrible. Right. No, uh, not going good at all. I'll tell you what, with the final uh, 10 minutes or so that we have here, why don't we run through these games, give our thoughts on it, um, and uh, we'll kind of close it out with that. We could start off with the Philadelphia Eagles against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, um, You know, I heard the Philadelphia Eagles defense say they knew that the Bills were going to feature LaShawn McCoy because, you know, that's that's what Rex Ryan does. Uh, He does that kind of stuff, so... Um, uh, and they did a pretty good job against them to the point where the Eagles won, and LaShawn McCoy, I don't know if you had a chance to see him post-game, was not very happy about it, tossing his helmet around and throwing all kinds of a tantrum going into the locker room at the end of the game. Well, did you see? The, did, you, did you have an opportunity to see any of this game? Uh, bits and pieces, not, not a whole lot. Okay, bunch. this game was won in two spots. One, Buffalo Bills are one of the least disciplined teams in the NFL. They, they had 15 accepted penalties against them in the game. They were horrible. Two, their offensive line was totally dominated. Um, Fletcher Cox used uh, their guards like ragdolls. He, just, he was throwing these guys around, and, and, and they lost the game up front and with their lack of discipline. I mean, it wasn't like they didn't move the football or anything like that. They were just sloppy, and they deserved to lose. So. Sure. I mean, that, sure. That's my um, take on it. And, and, yeah, and it didn't didn't work out the way that they wanted. Uh, who knows what the Bills are going to end up doing here? Carolina, Atlanta. I know this one was uh, especially pleasing for you. You had the easiest win on the board this year. You did uh, pick Carolina, who off of I was a little concerned, as I mentioned on uh, on on Thursday when we were doing the picks. I was concerned to buy the 38 points that Carolina gave up in their game against New Orleans despite winning it. And uh, what they do, they come back and post the shutout. So here's what we have with Carolina. Carolina has proven that they can go win a 16-13 to 13 football game. They've proven that they can win a 41-38 football game. And then they've proven that off of something like that, they don't get big-headed and forget um, that you know there were some errors made in the game. They totally and absolutely correct them the next week by winning 38 to nothing. And well, this team... Uh, it clearly is the best team in the league right now, but could be a serious contender for winning them all this year. Well, I, I think I think that this, right now, you know, they're the best, most complete team. Let's put it that way. I, I like what both mm-hmm. their their lines do. I think their offensive line is is underrated by some people because they haven't seen them play enough. Um, and defensively, they're, you know, the New Orleans game aside, they're a great defense. I mean, they've had, you know, that was a bad day, but they, they in today's league, they play great defense, you know, by today's Yeah, FYI, Carolina has rushed for over 100 yards in every game they have played this season. 
And uh, of the games that they've played defensively, they've only allowed four teams to go over 100 yards. I mean, you're going to win a lot of games when, you, uh, when you're playing like that. So kudos to the Carolina Panthers, who are now 13-0 and and uh, have clinched home field. They've clinched playoff spot. They've clinched everything. Uh, now they just got to keep their heads on straight for the rest of the way. San Francisco and Cleveland. Let, hey, can we check the attendance on that one? Maybe, there, maybe a lie was told there. Uh, someone give me oh. the numbers on that one. But uh, that, was that, was your that was a friends and family game. Come on. Oh, no I doubt. Mean, uh, no doubt. Uh, I mean, Johnny I don't know Manziel, what though, did well for himself. Uh, Amel, he 21 did. of 31, 270 yards. Uh, do you keep him if you're Cleveland, or do you send him off to Jerry and be part of the circus in D-Town? I'll tell you what. And I was thinking about this the other day. There was a, there was a, and again, I'm not saying this is how the story ends before anybody calls. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there was a guy like a Johnny Manziel about 20 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of talent, really slept through meetings, partied. Uh, his name happened to be Brett Favre. Mm. And the Atlanta Falcons. Thought you were gonna say, him, thought you were going to say Jim McMahon, but. Uh, nope, yeah, they Brett sent him Favre, to sure. the Green Bay Packers, the Atlanta Falcons did, and how that worked out pretty well for everybody, except the Falcons. It did. Good old Falcons. Uh, but probably you regret now. He might never have become what he was in Atlanta. You just don't Would know that. I, mean, I agree. My point with, if I'm Cleveland, I'm looking at Manziel and saying, listen, obviously this isn't working here. Frankly, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're a guy like him from Texas, I'm not sure you really want to be in Cleveland. Then again, if you're from Cleveland, I'm not sure you want to be in Cleveland. But... I don't, anyone in Cleveland doesn't want to be in Cleveland. He'd be rescued right. if he left out of that franchise. So maybe that's maybe what he's trying to do. Maybe he acts right they somewhere can, else. What if they can turn him into a second-round pick? What, what if they said to the Cowboys? Because, listen, they gave up a late first-rounder when they took him. They took him in the late first round. If they can turn that into a high second-round pick this year, because Dallas is going to be drafting in the top five or six slots, would you not mm-hmm. take the pick back and just say, well, we'll there's, start from scratch. We'll go, we'll go back to starting There's no way, Amol, there's no way on this day with what the Dallas Cowboys franchise is, uh, who runs it, what goes on, on and around that team, that I'm going to say I think it's a good idea for Johnny Manziel to be in, 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 in Dallas, Texas. There's just no way I'm going to say that. Send him to the Patriots. Well, they already have. He can't go to Dallas, man. Maybe there are a bunch of great places that he can go to. Dallas, I don't think for him on a personal level is are one of those. I might be dead wrong. It just you think he'd go nuts right. there? Is what you're telling me? Is that what probably, you're telling me? Probably, It doesn't take much. Probably, probably. So I'll have to scan through. You know, send him to San Diego. Maybe I don't know. Philip Rivers might be. Uh, start thinking about what he needs. Send him to St. Louis. Let him run around there. At least he'll be entertained on offense for crying out loud. Speaking of that, they go and get a win uh, against the Detroit Lions. It was, you know, anyone's guess when two four and eight teams get together. But the Rams somehow, some kind of way, pulled out a win. Unfortunately, to the point where no one cares for this season. A waste of a defense. Uh, yes. For those two teams. Case Keenum, quarterback too, by the way, uh, a paltry 14 of 22, no TDs and uh, but uh, and an INT. But they got 140 yards out of Todd Gurley. Thank God. For, what would they be without Gurley this year? What would they be? They're five and oh. eight. Tell me what they are without Todd Gurley. What what they are is they're they're a formula for a nap without Todd Gurley. There's nothing to watch without him. Yeah, on and offense. you know every week I me? watch them. I look at the box score. They don't get no one gets more than three catches uh, in, no. in the St. Louis Rams receiving core. So they might need a guy there too. That might also help. Let me ask you 
ask you this because because only because Joe Buck was going on and on Sunday and 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 you know Troy's never going to stop him. He lets him go on and on. I was watching that Packer game we talked about with Sap. They beat the Cowboys twenty-eight-seven, and Buck was just saying, "Well, the Packers have returned themselves to the NFC elite." And I'm sitting there saying to myself, "Am I missing something?" The Packers' last two wins, they beat the Lions, who were four nine on a hail mary pass, and they played mm-hmm. a Cowboy team that essentially came in without a quarterback, and it was fourteen-seven with twelve minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the Cowboys ran the ball for one hundred and seventy yards against them with no threat of a passing game. I mean, are you seeing well, what I'm seeing in the it wasn't, it, it wasn't the ice bowl, but it was a little chilly out there in Green Bay on Sunday. Joe might have had he might have had to sip on something to stay warm in the booth, so he might have okay. he, he might have sipped a little. I thought bit. you were going to tell me I'm you not, agreed with him for a second. I'm no, like, are hell you no, kidding me? hell no. It's it's still Carolina, uh, it's still Arizona, and in Green Bay somewhere back How there. How about somewhere. Seattle? I don't know what he's talking uh, about. Are we forgetting Seattle? Oh, in Seattle. Bill, please, let me not forget Seattle. My God, they're getting it done right now. And Russell Wilson is looking like, I don't know, did he break up with Sierra? They were blaming her uh, for everything going no. down. Did he lock her in a closet somewhere? He'll pull her back out in February? Because uh, he's really getting it done, and with the receiving core that outside of Doug Baldwin, I would struggle to uh, even tell you. Although the Lockett kid has been pretty exciting for them, and he's starting to show up in the passing game. But yes, it's Seattle, it is, uh, it's Carolina, and it's Arizona right now. So with uh, Green Bay is not in that company. So I'll you tell you, that's a huge the battle for that fifth and sixth spot. Because if you think about this, right? And I know you know matchups and are you know sometimes surprise you, but the way it looks like it's shaping up is. The NFC East is going to be the four seed, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you're Seattle and Minnesota right now, that mm-hmm. five seed's important because let's face it, any I think either of those teams will handle the NFC East team very easily. The three seed mm-hmm. becomes a game if Green Bay holds on, assuming they win the North, is a trip mm-hmm. to Lambeau where even if the Packers aren't playing great, they're still tough, okay? Right. So whoever wins, you know, that five seed, and Seattle's got that tiebreaker right now on Minnesota because they mm-hmm. beat them a couple weeks ago. That's a big, a big, uh, you know, spot in the NFC playoffs, if you ask me. Sure, and a good thing for Seattle is uh, they get Cleveland and St. Louis these next two weeks, so it's looking good for them, uh, and and they're playing really, really great ball. We do have a caller on the line. We're going to jump out and see if they've uh, want to share something with us. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. What's going on, fellas? This is Robert calling in from Michigan, man. How y'all doing today? What, what, hey, what's Robert, going on, man? What do, you, much, what do you got man. for us? A little NFL talk today? A little NFL talking, man. I uh, A couple weeks ago, I didn't get a chance to uh, talk about your hire with Mark Rick, Mark Rick there in Miami, too, so I'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, man, as far as the NFL, I don't really see – Seattle's good, but I think that those offensive line problems that they had early in the season are going to come back and bite them later in the season. Um, mm-hmm. Green Bay, they're done. You can pretty much stick a fork in them. I, I think that Green Bay would have a chance, but they don't, they're don't. they too reluctant to get away from the run game. I don't really understand why they even – I understand Eddie Lacy had a good game this past game, but I don't really understand why they drafted him for that type of offense. you got this big burly – power back in the eye form, I mean, in a, in a shotgun formation, handing him, you know, the ball as opposed to letting him run downhill lots of times. I think I think sometimes coaches get caught up in letting a star quarterback play how he wants to play as opposed to what mm-hmm. they should oh, yeah. be doing that year. You know, exactly. I mean, kind of like Peyton a lot of times, like there's sure. years that he probably would have been better at running the ball or having them be more control, get less stats. 
But that guy in the goes against the ego of the star quarterback. Then he doesn't get a chance to be as much in control and stuff like that. Oh, this so, Robert is uh, uh, Robert is speaking to me here because that's something I've been big on. Uh, you know, I saw it with Dan Marino, who I you know had, was five feet away from last night. A great quarterback, one of the best throwers of the ball ever in this game. But uh, there really became a point that he where he just took over every year. It was what he wanted to do, which was chuck the ball around to his bevy of receivers, and you forgot about the run game, which then hurt the defense. Which kept you out of Super Bowls year after year. That's uh, it's kind of what the Packers are working through. Yeah, they got the Robert. By the way, that's that's an excellent point you bring up on Lacey. He just really, you know, when I watch that guy, to me, your quarterback needs to be under center. He needs to have a fullback in front of him, and you need to hand him the ball and let him hammer on the other team. If you want to play out of that shotgun, he just doesn't fit. I know he had a great game, like you said Sunday, but generally speaking, he just to me does not fit that offense. That's a good point you bring up. I guess you could do it if your line was good, but I've been watching Aaron Rodgers get killed this way all year. I'm like, wow, why not just go under center? Like, you're not scoring, so if you're not going to score like you did in the past, why not just, like, get in the eye form and at least protect your quarterback and then get him to later in the game where you can throw? Sometimes coaches just try to – it's kind of cheating the system when you're trying to just, like, out-throw. Like, it's like you're trying to fix all your woes by just, like, throwing the ball up and hoping something sticks and stuff. Well, Robert, what got lost in that game Sunday is, you know, like I just brought up before you came on, Chad is just – Joe Buck's going on and on about the Packers. And as a Cowboy fan, I mean, I knew they couldn't win that game. And it's 14-7 with 12 minutes left in the game. And the Cowboys have a guy playing quarterback who basically, when he throws the ball, looks like a punt, okay? I mean, the Packers, that was not a great win for them as far as the score looked a lot better than what they did in that game. Maybe Joe yeah. Buck was just trying – He maybe he was being a company man. You know the Packers are going to be on in these playoffs. You need people to watch the games. He was putting lipstick on a pig. Maybe he was just being the ultimate, you know, Fox uh, company man and just making sure people watch Green Bay when they play in these playoffs. Uh, can we say that? Maybe the genius well, is Joe Buck. They're going to watch Green Bay anyway, buddy. I mean, that, that's one of those franchises where, you know, they could throw them out well, there. And they could maybe he wanted to suck in some watch. of the Bravo Channel crowd and make sure they watch as well. How about that? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And that's the, what we do. On the AFC side of things, I'm going to tell you this. Nobody really – everybody better hope that Pittsburgh doesn't get it. I understand that our defense is leaky and stuff like that. But, man, them weapons they got, it's just like they can just run a track meet on you. Like, you can just come into the game. You can be playing good defense. But the way them guys get open and they just – man, they're like really a track team out there with skills. It's not like a – you know, it's not like you got James Jett and people out there like that that are fast that really mm-hmm. don't know how to play. But you got Antonio and Brett Bryant. Every time I look up, there's a different guy making plays for them. So, well, you know what I'm going to be thinking about to see there is Sunday. They're playing a defense. Um, I want to see how they look at home. They're home against uh, the Broncos. The Broncos still play some really good defense, and uh, I'll be curious to see how they look in that game. That'll tell me a lot about what I think about their playoff chances because, uh, you know, Denver's not a dynamic offense, so the Pittsburgh defense should be able to, you know, keep Denver in check, and we'll see how they move the ball against that defense. Yeah, yeah I think ultimately I mean, the inability to play defense is probably going to probably sink Pittsburgh. Why don't they have cornerbacks? Yes, I know William Gay had a nice pick six, but come on, man. Fix that. Get some guys on that island Jesus. there that can shut people down. 
here's the thing, though. Is anybody in the AFC going to be healthy enough on the offensive end to, like, exploit that by the time the playoffs come around? I mean, like, the Patriots, like, every time I look up, they have a different player that's gone. I understand Brady's always worked magic, but, you know, there's certain, there comes a certain point where it's like, all right, like, man, like, the whole we, we have a mass unit in here right now. So I, that's my, that's why I say people might not want to face Pittsburgh. You know what concerns me? They can get in a game. Enough. They could get in a game against Kansas City, Robert, and uh, Alex Smith could sit there and hit those five-yard slants and check yeah. downs on them all day and kick four field goals and score one touchdown. And because they can play yeah. defense and probably handle some of their weapons, walk out with a 19-16 win. That would piss me off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and by the way, yeah, I can see that really, you just brought up a name that I – you know, this is a team that people are just – they're kind of forgetting about them in the AFC, okay? With 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 Dalton being injured right now, to me Kansas City becomes a legit threat. They can, by the way, they can still win their division. That's another thing mm-hmm. people are forgetting. Kansas City plays nobody the rest of the year. Now I know it's the NFL; anybody can beat anybody. The Broncos mm-hmm. have a game where they travel to Pittsburgh this week. Certainly a game they could lose. Then they're home with the Bengals and Chargers, and who knows? You know, you lose one of those games, you could find yourself. The, the, in a wild card game, if you're the if you're the Broncos, sure. San Diego. Uh, I mean, Baltimore, Cleveland, Oakland. I mean, that's what's left for for Kansas City. They're obviously, winnable games. Um, yeah, they could they could essentially uh, wind up winning the the division, and then now they're playing they're playing a home game, and um, they're getting it done, man. Look at how, look how many games have they won in a row here? Uh, seven. What's this? Seven, eight games. I mean, seven. They're, they're, they're one and right five. Now. They're, they're now eight and five. Playing great defense too, by the way. But uh, I'm all for seeing a Pittsburgh New England matchup in the in, in the playoffs somewhere, just to see how that goes. Yeah. Down. Most definitely, most definitely. And one let thing me hear I your thoughts on the Mark about, Rick hire. Oh yeah, man. This is just how I feel about Mark Rick. I felt like in general Miami needed a different type of mentality, type of coach. And again, I, this is all me not knowing nothing about this guy. This is all from completely uneducated guessing just mm-hmm. seeing him from afar. Well, first of all, I worry about coaches that every year that they have expectations of the years that they don't usually perform up to expectations, A. And mm-hmm. I felt like for Miami with a lot of the challenges that, they're, that the program is facing in this air time and age, you almost needed a – I hate to say a more of a sore loser, but Rick just strikes me as a fan from a distance again, as someone that when they lose, it just doesn't pain. Like it's not that sore loser. It's almost that, Oh, well, there's more things to life than winning football games type of mentality type of vibe. Cause I just, mm. I don't see whenever their team play, whenever his team has played big games, it's like they never, ever get up for them. I felt like, again, like, some, I would have rather taken a chance on someone like uh, hiring DJ Durkin before he got hired at Maryland. Someone is like a young, competitive maniac that looks at looks at coaching college football almost like fans do when they play the game, where all the little uh, where they play the video game, I should say, where all the little things that are negative or that can be viewed as negative by the average person, they like the challenge of it and they like the fact that like they have to figure out a way to get the fans excited again to come back and this and that. I don't know if Rick is that guy, really. 
Hey, well, if this was class, okay, if if this was class, Robert, what he's done effectively here, what he's done today is, like, bring an apple uh, and give it to the teacher. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, Chad Chad is going to give you a a star. When you start talking and you say that, I was saying my co-host here is going to give you a star when you get done. Totally speaking my language on the NFL quarterbacks and uh, this hire here. Now, obviously, you know, um, a number of things here. I'm alumni. I was not... Uh, very positive on the last guy that was there. Everyone knows that. So for me to turn around and be negative on this guy, it's just going to look like I'm totally down on the program. Nobody wants more for this program than me, which means I'm going to call it how I see it. Now, I kind of agree with you, Robert. Uh, if you look through history for the University of Miami, we've been successful when you've had high-strung, type-A personalities on a mission, trying to get a whole bunch of things done in five years because they want to go coach in the NFL someday and not someone that's happy-go-lucky that's going to want wants to coach here for the next 10, 15, 20 years, retire here, uh, get sent off. That just doesn't work down here. There's enough of that mentality here with re- with retirees everywhere, with the sun and the beaches. Um, You've got to come in here with a sense of urgency. I hope he has that. I've met Mark Rick in person. He is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. But nice in Miami doesn't ever really go together. So you need an no. MF, whether that's a Shiano or whoever. People don't like Shiano. Yeah. I want a guy people don't like. They don't want the head yeah, coach I don't, liked here. Yeah, not at football especially. Like there, I'm, I'm skeptical of football coaches to everybody. Like, so, I mean, that's hard. You have the Pete Carrolls that can pull it off. I still to this day, Pete Carroll is the most amazing coach ever the way he – acts and the what he gets out of players to me. How he's just so chipper and go lucky. But he gets results, so you can't really argue with it. Yeah, well, but you I'm, know I what? I'm where I think people make a mistake with Carroll is this. He He's nice to he's a nice guy to everybody, but he's all business. I mean, he'll cut you then in, in the NFL or in college yeah. tell you you've been replaced. He'll, he'll slap you on the back and say, hey, Try harder next week, and maybe you can get your job back. He has no problem yeah. doing that. So you can be nice to I've people. I've heard from those behind the scenes. I've heard from those behind the scenes that not necessarily when the camera's on, but he's got a little bit of a hole in him uh, when he needs you to get something done and you're not getting it done. Okay, so it's not like he doesn't have that, that to turn on somewhere. Uh, he, I've I've heard that he every has that in him. Every great coach has that in him. Every great coach. Sure. In you got to demand. You got to be demanding as a coach if you're going to be successful. Yes. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So hmm. I'm feeling you on well, those two, Robert. The good thing I will say about Rick is like you can like if he doesn't work, I, I you know I'm I'm not a, a Miami fan per se, but I don't have no I don't have no disdain or dislike for him, so I do like them and wish them well as a program. The good thing with him is you will have him if he doesn't work out because he, he he's good with parents and closing people out in the home and getting recruits. So if he doesn't work out, the next guy coming in, it's not like he's going to have to start from scratch and be looking for talent or whatever. Because I know this guy will be able to haul him in. So that's one good thing. Is, that you have in sure. Almost like. Sure. <laughs> sure. So, well, sounds like it's another great best. call from Robert Amel. What do you say? Yes. Yes. He gets. He gets another star on his paper. <laughs> yeah. Put well, him. You guys put him on the board. You guys. All right, Robert. Man, we appreciate you calling in. Have a nice one, y'all. See you, Robert. All right. Um, he he does make a good point on that. I have uh, long thought that we are so far away right now, and uh, people disagree with me on this, but we're so far away from those glory days that I felt like unless you got the absolute perfect, perfect hire, the next guy that came in here was going to be a handoff. He was going to be a bridge to perhaps something else greater, and maybe Mark Richt uh, ends up being that. Because, uh, like Robert said, he'll go in the home and he'll you know get the top recruits to come here and 
<clears throat> however this thing pans out, maybe at some point he says, you know, I think I'm done. Uh, you know, I've made this thing better than how I found it. Um, and he leaves maybe after an eight and four season or something like that. Or says, wait, what if he, you know, what if he wins an ACC championship? I think that if he could do that in a period of time there, that would be, he'd a be good, cel- you know, even he'd, if it- he'd be celebrated, Amo, but he'd be quickly held against that standard. Um, I know, but I'm saying okay maybe he hands it off by doing that to the next guy. Sure, who is, we we cross. Yeah, we cross that barrier that amazingly we haven't been able to cross. Um, when when Miami was brought in at ACC, that was Miami and Florida State every year. Wasn't that the talk? That's how it was going to be, and uh, the rest yep. of the conference should be upset about it that they put him in separate uh, sides of it. But it ha- just hasn't happened. So if he does that and he can stock the shelves. Uh, I think he would have done a great thing at Miami, and then maybe you do hand it off to, um, you know, that type of coach that that both Robert and I agree needs to be the one to come in here and, and actually get the championship. So uh, The history we'll of those we'll programs, there are certain schools that have that edge, and, and the history of, of – and you've, we've talked about the similarities. They're by, on separate coasts between Miami and USC, private schools. They seem to always – when they do well, they get the hungry coach in the forty in their forties, who's looking to make a name for himself, and eventually move on. To, seems to be the formula at schools like that. It's not a retirement home like Oklahoma or even Alabama, you know, where you can just go there and you know you, you coach for twenty years and they build you a, a monument and then you leave and you become the athletic director. You know what I mean? That's just that yeah. they're not yeah. that type of go. school. No, not that. It's transitional. It's not you get to coach here for 20 years. It'll never be that. If you ever see a coach here for 20 years, it's because this pro, uh, the, the school has just said, uh, we're just interested in having a football team. Uh, they really don't need to be great. I think that's what you had back in the day. So uh, this isn't the place for that. So, um, Well, you know what? Between the call and uh, the, little, the little stuff we did before the call, I think we've covered all that we need to cover in the NFL. The other games were friends and family games. By the way, Jacksonville Pretty Jaguars, much. watch out for them. Watch out for those guys. Hung up 51 on somebody. Watch They're out fire. for the Jags. Yep, there you go. There you go. Well, Morrison, Are we playing. done? That means it's the end. It is the end. As he says, it's oh. the end. Well, for our regular listeners, I will be on with a recruiting roundtable tomorrow. Much to talk about there. The number one quarterback in the country, Jacob Eason, son of Tony Eason. You remember Tony Eason playing for the uh, England Patriots? Champagne Tony. Well, he had a yes. child, a six foot five child, who's one of the best gunslingers in, uh, in uh, actually the number one gunslinger in high school football right now. He's making his announcement today. It's going to be the Gators. Or it's going to be the Bulldogs, where Mark Rick just came from. So obviously we'll have reaction to that tomorrow, uh, as well as some other uh, recruiting nuggets. So be sure to listen to that. And then I also have a really, really big, big, big announcement tomorrow. So if you're listening now, you want to be listening to the Gridiron Show Recruiting Roundtable tomorrow. Big, big announcement for uh, Florida fans, for Florida State fans, for Miami fans. So you're going to want to listen to the show tomorrow. How's that? How's that for a little, uh, what's that? What do you That's call it? That's a little that? a tease. tease. That's called a tease. That's a tease. Yeah, so you're definitely going to want to tune in. That's at 8 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, I will be sending out the announcements on Twitter. But outside of that, I want to thank you all for listening to the show. We really appreciate your listenership, if that's such a thing. Um, and if you enjoy the show, tell a friend. The more, the merrier. And for Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Enjoy the rest of your day.
all you high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit squidironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Squidironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.